Hi, welcome back. My name is Cole. And I'm Andrew. And this is Control AC. Control AC is the podcast where we talk about SEO optimization. Okay. So there are many people out there who claim that they can boost your SEO for your business. SEO is search engine optimization. Yeah. So if you have good SEO, it means that when you Google barbershop, your store is right up at the top. Or when you Google, you know, new speaker of the house as a news publication, your article would be the first one. It is how you word your article and how you optimize it for peak search engine results. Right. It's a skill. People make six figures doing this. So if you want to search for something like Thai food near me, you will only get one result because this Thai food near me place has achieved the gold standard of SEO optimization. The name of the restaurant is called Thai food near me. Thus, when you live in New York City and you Google Thai food near me, there is only one Thai restaurant that comes up. This is incredible. The Verge has a great piece on this. The owners seem to be like genuinely cool people. It's like a whole family owned thing, but like that, that's so smart. Yeah. Thai food near me. There does exist a barbershop near me. There's a plumber near me, like all over the country. You can find names like that meant to completely dominate the Google search page. And it works y'all. Like that actually worked for Thai food near me. It's so crazy how like owning a business now, owning a publication, like the role that SEO plays is so crazy. Based off of our analytics at some points in time, our SEO is not always awesome. And it has been great sometimes. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. When I post my articles on the Kennedale News, you should go read them. Shameless plug. Um, (laughs) there's a thing at the bottom on WordPress that tells you like your SEO score, like how likely your article is to be at the top of Google results. It's just crazy that it can be so easily outsmarted by this. You know, when you open Safari and you just start typing into the search bar and Mm -hmm. then you hit search and it just defaults to a Google search Mm -hmm. that costs Google $18 billion a year. Wow. So a New York Times report said that Google paid Apple, this is in 2021, around $18 billion to be the default search engine in Safari, which is a huge deal because like every iPhone user just kind of uses Safari. I don't know too many who use Chrome. Chrome is like a... It's just too much of a hassle to go download another browser. Google has Google and then Chrome apps. Right, they're two separate things. Which doesn't make sense to me, but... Safari on Mac is uh, like greatly inferior to Chrome, at least in my opinion, but Safari on mobile, on iOS, it's like vastly superior to Chrome. Yeah. Just like speed-wise. But that is kind of... That's huge for Google, and it's worth the $18 because that does keep them like right on all of your Apple devices. It's like mm-hmm. prime real estate that is shown to like every single iPhone user. Right. And you don't even realize it. Like you, you, we're just kind of used to that defaulting to Google. Mm -hmm. And it, that kind of leads into the conversation 
about like how much of a search monopoly Google is, even though like Bing exists and that's a thing that works. No. To an extent. It doesn't work. Like the. No. No. You get points though. You can earn Amazon gift cards when you search with Bing. They're paying you to use their inferior web browser. It's pretty bad. Then consistently every year, the number one most searched keyword on Bing is Chrome. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's so sad. It's hilarious because it's bad. It's pretty bad. Like I do not think Bing is a usable search engine. But it has uh, what's it called? Not Bard. It Bing has AI. like Bing AI that wants to take over the world. See, okay, I have a hot take. If the monopoly is benefiting everybody, I think it shouldn't be a problem. I don't think it is in Google's case because it generally, it genuinely is benefiting everyone. Literally. It is the best, and it's not. Because what engine does Safari use on Mac? Is it Chromium, or is it something different? Apple WebKit. It uses WebKit as... Like its browser. own thing, yeah. But then it comes up in Chrome, or Google. Right. So are they not using Chromium, then, as a base? No. It's still WebKit. It just defaults to the Google search engine. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But if Apple lost that deal... If they if Google decided eighteen billion dollars, that's too much. We're done. Right. So think about that. Now the now the default Apple search engine is what Bing. DuckDuckGo. Oh, because Apple and DuckDuckGo actually work. Like they have some kind of partnership. I thing. think so. Yeah. So I guess it would be DuckDuckGo. So now Google can start saying, well, if you want Google to be the default search engine. You have Chrome on iPhone. Yeah. And when you go to Google.com on your iPhone, it would just plug the Chrome app. Right. And you so, wouldn't be able to use it. Right. That is harmful for Apple if they actually lost that deal. Unless the Apple search engine comes along. Which would be interesting. We have Spotlight now. I, I think that if Apple made a search engine, Spotlight a bunch of garbage. rumors said that they are... I think they would keep the spotlight name. I think they would use generative AI with their own search engine database and they would call it spotlight. Hmm. I think they would just keep that name. Spotlight plus. Oh no, subscription. <laughs> Bundle <laughs> it into for, Apple one. You have to pay for it. Did you see Apple TV is going up? It's $10 a month now. For Apple TV, really? Yeah. So is this anti-competitive? Who knows? There's a whole lawsuit going on. Um, but if both companies pull out of this deal, I think it does actually hurt both of them. Google loses the prime spot. They they lose so many searches. And you know what that would hurt? Numbers. Their generative AI, which runs off of searches too. It would hurt their analytics. It would hurt all of that. So I think both companies have like a substantial amount to lose. Unless Apple wants to risk it all and just do their own search engine. Which would be very interesting. Also, in the world of anti-competitiveness, Disney is about to buy Hulu. So Disney is paying more than $8 billion for Comcast's stake in Hulu. This is from The Verge. So you know that Disney Plus has that bundle where it's Disney Mm -hmm. Plus, ESPN Plus, Hulu. We have that. Disney Plus we use maybe once a month. I watch The Simpsons every now and then. ESPN Plus we use maybe 
twice a month for a golf tournament every now and then. Yeah. Hulu we use maybe like four times. We we don't really use these things. They're just all bundled together. We used to use Disney Plus a lot more, and then it just kind of fell off. Fell off a little. They stopped releasing good original content like Mandalorian. Yeah, that first season was good. And then it just kind of No, I'd say the whole show was good. That was the last good show. All of the Marvel shows were good for like the first couple episodes and then the ending on all of them sucked. Like the WandaVision show. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good until like the last episode. Yeah. Loki was good until the end. Hawkeye was solid. I swear they like have a plan, but then they just give up on the plan. Yeah, the whole show, the whole plot just kind of falls apart. So Disney is owning Hulu. Disney already owns ESPN. Disney owns a bunch of Fox Entertainment stuff. Really? Yeah. Disney is like slowly buying up all these different elements so now they have the entire disney library which is the greatest like ip database ever like the intellectual property that disney has star wars marvel disney like is insane they have all of that they have espn sports they have fox entertainment stuff now and now they have hulu is hulu gonna merge with disney plus who knows i don't know what that would be called I don't know if they'd keep the Hulu name or keep the Disney name. Dulu. Hisney. Hisney. <laughs> Hisney Live TV. Hisney PN Plus. <laughs> There's no way. So maybe it just all merges together. Deluius Plus. Dulu. What? <laughs> I don't know. Hulu Live TV numbers apparently aren't great. It used to be good back in like. 2015 2016 but now it just they took the brady bunch off of that my family and i used to watch all those all the Mm. old episodes and they took it off of hulu it's on prime video now we're at the point now where we're paying for a bunch of streaming services that we don't use right and we have to decide like do we just get rid of this but then there's always the question of what if one time like a month from now we want to watch a show and then it's on the platform right I wish there was like a day pass or a week pass or something like two ninety nine for the whole week. See, but they would not make any money on that. Yeah. Cause to make it worth it for the individual, but then also for them would, they wouldn't, they would just break even. It'd be, there'd be no point. They're all going to ads anyway. Oh, so David Pierce uh, on the verge cast had an incredible take about ads, mm-hmm. which I completely agree with. He said that they, meaning like him and his wife have switched over all of their streaming service plans to ad supported ones. And he said, it's not even to save money. It's just because he likes the ads four times in the middle of an episode because it's a phone break. Like, have you ever been, have you ever been watching Mm -hmm. a show and then you pick up your phone? Mm -hmm. You can have like four spots in the show where you know, you can look at your phone and you can like hold off on checking your stuff until the break part of me is like that's so sad that we're at that point now (laughs) where we can't even watch an episode of tv without checking our secondary screen but it's kind of also genius so this last monday we had an apple event it was the scary fast event so the whole thing was halloween themed we did not get tim cook dressed in halloween attire that would have been funny he wore like a onesie or something of like a pumpkin or something <laughs> craig federighi comes out all in, in costume didn't get that 
what we did get was some very underwhelming stuff. Yeah. I actually thought we were going to get an iPad, a new generation of iPad. This is the first year since the launch of the iPad. We haven't gotten a new iPad model. What if they just forgot? <laughs> we'll just throw out another Apple Pencil with USB-C. Call it a day. Anyway, so Tim walks up on stage, delivers the iconic good evening. It was the first good evening he's ever said because it was a night event. It was a primetime Apple event at seven o'clock directly competing with the World Series and Monday Night Football. <laughs> Very bold move by them for a really not that exciting event. Yeah. So we got the M3 chip, which is, again, honestly not a huge upgrade. To be fair, M2 in its current state is like mind-blowingly fast. It blows the competition out of the water. It's more than almost anyone would need in their laptop. It's nearly flawless. So any iteration is appreciated. These are built on a three nanometer process. Uh, Quinn Nelson, Snazzy Labs, has a video up on this where he kind of details that the three nanometer process is built on an early three nanometer TSMC model. Mm -hmm. And it's less efficient than the current TSMC three nanometer model. Hmm. They didn't want to rush them. So, this, so they, they didn't want to rush the three nanometer tech. Or they, sorry, they did want to rush it. They didn't want to wait for uh, TSMC's more efficient okay. one. So maybe like M4, which, that'll also be three maybe nanometers. It'll be on like a two and a half nanometer by then. It'll still be three, but it'll be TMC's, TSMC's new... <clears throat> three nanometer if that makes sense yeah it'll be more efficient built on a three nanometer process faster and more efficient cpu it's what they're saying the main upgrade here is gpu performance but again it's not that significant we get marginally faster like 10 20 percent faster gpu performance which again is is appreciated but it's not crazy we get hardware accelerated ray tracing, hardware accelerated mesh shading. If you do visual work like that, you will appreciate that. Honestly, I think this is them trying to lead up to more of a gaming focus, not gaming focused, but gaming able system. Because yeah. this is built on the same process as A17 Pro, which was heavily marketed as a AAA gaming chip in a phone. So yeah, I think you're completely right. Maybe this is just them getting to that point. You know what I'm saying? I really think it is. Because this is basically like an upgraded A17 Pro, which was a gaming chip in the keynote. We also get a new feature called dynamic caching in the SoC. Basically, they said that this optimizes the amount of RAM that the device is using to like spread it out more during tasks, give you more RAM overhead. The M3 comes in three models, M3, M3 Pro, and M3 Max. M3 Max offers up to 128 gigs of unified memory. M3 Max has 92 billion transistors, 40-core GPU, 16-core CPU. So we're getting solid upgrades, not, you know, not anything mind-blowing. Yeah, not like M1 Max was to Intel i7. <laughs> right. So all of the MacBook Pros got an upgrade, 14-inch and 16-inch. They have M3 
3 series now. Nothing else has changed hardware-wise except we have a space black color, which my goodness looks amazing. Yeah. The 14-inch MacBook Pro also now comes with the baseline M3 chip, and that model will start at $1599. Mm. So you get the mini LED display, the speakers, all the ports, the fantastic 14-inch MacBook Pro with M3 for $1,600. bucks. That's an amazing deal. You only have 8 gigs of RAM on that. But okay, this, I, I think base model should be 12. But again, it's 1600 bucks. The new version of what you have, basically, the base model 14-inch, that still has 512 and now 18 gigs of RAM starting instead of 16. Sure, extra 2 yeah. gigs is nice. Also, the space black color is only on the higher-end 14 and 16-inch MacBook Pros with lame. M2 Pro. So if you get the base model 14-inch, you don't get space black. But... This is all still fantastic because this cheaper 14-inch MacBook Pro means that the 13-inch MacBook Pro is dead. What an amazing day. So the M2 MacBook Pro, the most confusing laptop in the MacBook lineup, is now dead. It's a great day. It's a great day. That laptop made absolutely no sense. It was worse than the M2 MacBook Air for more money. Yeah. I'm... This has been speculated, but I'm pretty sure it was there just so when people walked into the Apple store, they could say, well, give me the Pro, it's better. And they, they just bought it, not realizing that the Air was a better computer, kind of taking advantage of the non-tech savvy. So that's cool, cheaper 14-inch MacBook Pro. And then we get a new 24-inch iMac with an M3 chip. That is it, nothing improved. No 27-inch iMac, no iMac Pro. The Magic Mouse and Magic Keyboard that ship with the iMac are still lightning. There was no USB-C, which makes absolutely no sense. No iPads, none of that. Pretty underwhelming event, but we got Space Black, so I mean. Okay, hear me out. What if in either next year or the next year they release a, their own GPU, like a dedicated GPU, in an iMac Pro? I don't know. So then Mac Studio would then become in but a then, really weird spot. But then they also upgrade the Mac Studio to have a dedicated GPU. And then mm. the Mac Mac Pro to have the dedicated GPU as a physical card. You just have to figure out a way to make the physical card as fast as it is currently yeah. on the SoC. Or like, faster. Or fa right. Like it has to be like faster. 40, 90 speeds. <laughs> Which, I mean, Apple can do. We have Metal 3. So like gaming is we have m2 ultra with metal three right so we're going to take a quick break really quickly and we're going to talk about some new evs and ev concepts that are coming out from honda mazda and nissan we say new but these are pretty familiar yeah we'll be right back control ac is sponsored by the complete backyard it's getting really cold outside and what you need in your backyard is a fireplace an outdoor kitchen and a perfect living space for football watching and hanging out this winter. I 100% agree. For a consultation, you can go to thecompletebackyard.com. Okay. There was a ton of car news this week. A ton. So at Japan's vehicle event, which they have every year, they announced three cars. Well, announced, they showed off three cars. These are all cars we've seen before. They're all new. Yeah. Uh electrified mostly yeah so 
the 2026 Honda Prelude. They're bringing back the Prelude from 2001. Acura just brought back the Integra. Honda's bringing back the Prelude. Acura's Integra is a four-cylinder internal combustion engine. <sighs> this is an electric vehicle. Yes, it is a hybrid. It is a concept car, technically still. It's technically a concept. It is a hybrid, though, so it does still have a gas engine in it. It looks sick. It's a great-looking car. I personally like the like older Preludes more than this, but this is a cool futurized version of it. And also, Toyota is rumored to be bringing the Celica back. Are they really? Yeah. As an EV? Uh, I think it's either a hybrid or an Man, EV. Man, they just... <sighs> okay. But I mean, like, they can't, like, it, to keep up with times, they almost have to. Yeah, it's crazy how far ahead Toyota was with hybrids, like with the Prius. And Honda, too, I've noticed. And then they're super behind with EVs. Right. Like, the Prius was, like, the best hybrid forever. Mm -hmm. Probably still is one of them unfortunately <laughs> and then they just haven't done like a good ev yet yeah anyway the prelude's coming back that's kind of huge i think the name recognition alone is going to make this thing sell it looks good the back of it looks like a porsche scroll down on the article and there's a picture of the back it has like a tail light bar that looks just like a 911 i like that a lot it actually. looks good if the Prelude isn't your thing, you can go and buy an RX-7. Also a concept car. I think this looks more like a Miata than an RX-7. It does. I thought it was the new MX-5. I didn't know it was the RX-7. It's actually the iconic SP. But, <laughs> so... but this is now an EV. The RX-7 is known for the rotary engine. It's like the whole selling point of that car. And this gets rid of it. It's an EV. It looks kind of nothing like the original RX-7. It, this looks like a, this really looks like a concept car. An RX-7, an R the RX stands for rotary, like essentially, like in, in every RX line car has been a rotary, but if this is an electric engine, how can they make a rotor? I don't know. It. They should have just brought back the RX-7. They should have just, just make like a 24B or something or a 35B. Like a four rotor, 3.5 liter, and make a better rotary engine. Can't be that hard. Nope. This is electric. Has 365 horsepower, which isn't even that much for an EV now. Weight distribution, it says, is 50 50. Mm -hmm. So cool, I guess. But who knows? We will see. This does kind of look cool, but it looks a lot more like a Miata than an RX7. 100%. It looks like a, a, a long-body Miata. But if this is as fun as a Miata is the new yeah. MX-5 to drive around. The new MX-5 has been like considered to be the best sports car for the price. Yeah, for how inexpensive that is, it's really fun to drive, especially yeah. in the convertible one. Mm -hmm. This should be fun, though. And then... And speaking, speaking of fun, the <sighs> new GTR concept is absolutely insane. Just open the, open the article... And take a second to look at the picture. Before before we comment, this looks like if you took a Cybertruck and just smushed it into a car. Basically, Nissan has unveiled the Hyperforce, which is an all-electric supercar that is basically an R36 GTR. Essentially. 
This thing looks absolutely insane. The interior is insane. Every part of this, especially the interior, it looks like it's right out of a video game. Yeah. Like the interior does not look like any other car currently Ever. sold. It's just, you have to go look at these pictures. Nissan Hyperforce. The car is so unbelievably aggressive. It really, really looks good. Like it looks so unbelievably fake. Yeah, it does. I just, it's so hard to picture this on the road. But this is supposed to have like 1300 horsepower. Nissan says the solid state battery is capable of unleashing up to a thousand kilowatts of power. It has all wheel drive, which means the launch control on this thing is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. If this ever ships, I would love to drive this thing. It looks like you would get hurt like if you leaned on this car. Every edge of this car is so sharp. Yeah, and the in the images it also has like some other concept cars with it, like an SUV and a minivan, which we've seen. And then the wheels, I think the wheels are really ugly. Yeah. Throw some BBSs on there. Boom. But I don't know. This is kind of Nissan's never made a supercar. So for their first supercar to be all electric and this crazy i think that's the, a bit of a gamble also it's nissan yeah like when you think of two hundred fifty thousand dollar plus cars you think lamborghini you think ferrari you, you think, think of Porsche. like well-built quality i mean high-end materials well-built quality but it's nissan there it's like a it's like a family brand that makes nice sports it's like a mazda right you know what else was also awesome to drive? The Tesla Model X. We drove a 2022 Model X long range, 670 horsepower. It was a very fun car. So we will roll that audio. All right, so we are in a 2022 Tesla Model X. This is the first Tesla that we've driven with a yoke. It's weird. I, I'm backing up with it now. I okay, so kinda, I I personally don't like it. It, I it's it's see, I, I just yeah. I went to swipe at the wheel and I missed it. And there's nothing. You kind of gotta let it like it's fall like, into your hand. It's uncomfortable and it's not. It's not good for like straight line launches. Yeah, like I'd perfect. say if you used it as a race car, it'd be fine. But this is supposed to be a daily driver, like a commuter car. Yeah, it's not fast or anything. No, it's. I mean, it only has 670 it's horsepower and. Turn right onto Dusk Hill Drive. All right, quiet down there. So this does have full self-driving, which we'll try out. It does have launch control, which we'll try out. It has a bunch of stuff. It has a bunch of features. This is the newest Tesla we've driven. So the center screen is slightly larger, I think, and it's like more embedded into the center screen or into the center, like car, into the car. And I'm 100% sure it's 120 Hertz. Because it's, six, it's a really smooth 60. There's no way this is like, 60. It is. Like, this it, This cannot be 60. I don't know. It's very, very smooth. We'll double check on that, but wow. So, this thing does have full adjustable suspension, which is cool. Adjustable dampers, adjustable everything. modes for everything. I'll pop it into full self-driving right this now. is full self-driving no foot on the gas or anything right wow 
Make sure you keep your foot on the brake, though. So we are chugging along. We have a route set. So let's see if it will... Okay. Yeah, I, I'm okay, so it's keeping us in our lane. It's a green light. It didn't show that car that was just pulling out of there. Okay, so it just didn't turn right. All right, so... Okay, so it's not in full self-driving. It's an, it's an autopilot right now. Right, I guess so. Okay. So it kind of just missed our turn, which is, you know, not ideal. Right. So we'll go a different route. So maybe this isn't full, full self-driving? I don't know. Full self-driving. It says full self-driving. Oh, and then up here it just says auto steer beta. So maybe this doesn't have like the full, full self-driving bit. Cause it's really confusing too. There are a bunch of different betas. No one actually has the full self-driving if you're like a normal person. You have to have like a Tesla safe driver score to do all of it. It's a bunch of stuff you have to go through. Should we do the launch right here? Yeah. Ready? Yep. Foot on the gas. Head back. Foot on the brake. Prepping for launch. Entering cheetah stance. Ready to launch. Three, two, one. <laughs> okay, so we took a break. We did a full launch with launch control, drag strip mode. That was honestly pretty crazy. It was, that was insane. That was like such a different experience. Like my car accelerates okay. I mean, it's a, it's a Civic stock NA. So like, I mean, it's fast, but like it's not fast. No, this thing is fast. I have driven some very fast cars and this by far, it pulls so much harder than you th would think. Even though it's a seven seater family SUV. That's what's crazy. You just don't expect it. It's such a heavy car, but it's so fast and it feels so light when you're driving it. When you accelerate. Yeah. It just does not match like how you would think it drives. The autopilot is phenomenal. Everything works well. It's on autopilot right now. We're just chilling down the road. One thing I ain't confused about is the fact that the full self-driving doesn't work even though it's like on here, but that there's probably some a deeper reason. Yeah, but the what does work works really, really well. Yeah. Apply a slight turning force to the yoke, and then we're back. In terms of ride quality, I'd say it's really, really good. Yeah. And it's not super and loud. Red light coming up. And it slowly slows down and then picks back up when the car in front of us moves. Like on the other Tesla, though, we did notice some quirks, Tesla quirks about the car. Such the as, Model Y just does not feel as refined. Such as half a centimeter panel gaps. Yeah. This feels a little better quality-wise. We have the heat on right now. The heat's really good. It's really good. The yoke, I don't know. It's so cool looking. And the visibility like is great because you're not looking over a steering wheel. But man, I just, I don't know. It takes some getting used to for sure. I've kind of gotten used to the turn signals by now. I mean, yeah, I it's know. a learning curve. I mean, really with any new car, that's kind of like 
it coming out, you're going to have to learn something new about it. And it's only because we're so familiar with a normal wheel. Like, if you, if your kid turns 16 and you start them on this car, then it'd be fine. Yeah, this is going to be normal for them. But if they try to go from, from this to a yoke, or to, not to a yoke, if they try to go from this to a wheel or stocks, it's going to be a little different <laughs> i like how the yoke feels when you're driving it has these little thumb slots is it better while really driving nice. like comfortably kind of yeah i really like it the bottom you can kind of rest your hands here i don't mind it it takes some getting used to but i actually kind of like it see i just reached for the stock again for the blinkers but yeah i don't i don't mind it at all again ride quality feels much better than model y maybe oh, yeah. that's just because this car is significantly more expensive yeah Supposedly. <laughs> um, but I saw it's got completely adjustable dampers, like we already said. But let's pop the dampers real quick. Suspension and comfort. You could change the ride height? Yeah. So we're in very low ride height. Then we can put it in high. And then it just raises the car. Okay, that's So now really we have a lifted scuffed. Model X. Now we'll just put it back down to low. So just adjust the coilovers? <laughs> Pretty much. I want to see that from the outside. Regen on this feels smooth, just like that Model Y did. Again, much better than that Mach-E we reviewed. Yeah. The regen on that was kind of wonky. But man, this just this feels more refined than the Model Y. To the point where like, there are still some quality control issues, but they're not... They're overshadowed bad, very quickly. Maybe? Yeah. This is just such a nice driving experience. As much hate as, like, Tesla owners get, the whole Tesla reputation, you know what we're talking about. It's a very good driving experience for just running errands, like, enjoying the time in your car, comfort-wise. It's very, very nice. Are the materials luxurious? No. I mean, most some of them, though, are, like... Like, the seats are comfortable. Like, it feels nice. It's it's real leather on the seats. You can tell like, when you push on it, like, it's real leather. Just yeah, it, it feels fine. It feels fine. The exterior has some things that could be fixed. Tesla quality control things. Some of the rubber melts in the heat, you know. And the moonroof is awesome. It, no, I hate it. The entire roof is glass. It's all, like, shadowy glass, so the sun won't, like, shine in your eyes. Oh, no, it does. Kind of, yeah. No, it doesn't. It's bad, of. and I hate it. All right. <laughs> it looks cool. It's a cool gimmick. I kind of like it. It's cool. Again, what this car lacks in, like, high-end quality, it just makes up for in speed. I'm going to punch it again. And it's just... You have instant traction. There's no wheel spin, and it pulls so hard. Yeah. It's, it's like no other car. Sorry. It's like no other seven-seater SUV. That's what's crazy about it. Should you buy this for your family? If you are a YouTube vlogger family, 100%. Absolutely. How much How much do these roughly cost? New, they're like 70,000-ish. How much is a Lamborghini Urus? Oh, well into hundreds, if not 200s. So for $60,000... This car is competing with, like, high-end, kind of normal cars. So, like, Suburbans 
and Tahoes and stuff like that. Right, like high trim, other seven seater SUVs. Right. The, the performance on this is better than all of those. The comfort's kind of debatable. But it's you right. get Tesla stuff. You get yeah. autopilot. You get the app. And you get awesome Falcon wing doors. Right. Which are really cool in public. So if you like gimmicks, this car is for you? Yeah. This is, has a ton of gimmicks. There's like a Santa mode in this UI settings. You can make it look like you're on Mars. It's a very fun car. Yes, it If is. you have the money, especially if you have kids... You will love this car. That car had beans. What an experience. That thing refried the refried beans. <laughs> that was the first time I have done actual launch control <laughs> in a car. And just like, I could, my heart was beating so fast when that was like prepping for launch. It was crazy. Actually crazy. So thank you to Vandergriff Acura for letting us test that car. That was cool. That was cool. You know what else was cool? Episode 51 of Control AC. It was indeed. We have a lot of new cars, new old cars coming out mm -hmm. that should be very, very fun. If you would like to send us a Nissan Hyperforce or just reach out with your questions, comments, and concerns, you can post at us on the platform with the worst bot problem, Twitter, X. I'm at Utterly Drew. And I'm at Call WW Web. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye, guys.